Hey guys, it's the, I don't know what it's going to be called. We call it the Call and Sick to Work show, but quite honestly, I've had a lot of very, I, I got to be honest with you. Thank you so much. I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you, Bert. I got to be honest with you. I have a few catchphrases I say all the time uh, that I repeat over and over again. Thank you for the comments. I love the comments in the comment section. I read them. I don't reply to them because I don't want you to know that I read them. Because if you write something shitty, I don't want you to know that I read that you wrote something shitty that it affected me and I stayed out drinking till five in the fucking morning. It's the soon to be retitled Burt Kreischer solo podcast show. Here's what I'd like you to do. Go into the comment section and give me what you think the name should be. And then we will pull for those and we will name it. I'll probably name it what I want to name it which is something about open tabs or bar tabs. Because in this podcast, I basically go through all the tabs that I've opened throughout the week and uh, I tell you about them. And so just to kind of tell you what, what's going on in my head so that I don't do it when I'm with my guests, although I will repeat a few things that I said this week with uh, Shane Torres. That was a great fucking podcast with Shane Torres. Um, I got to shoot a promo video, by the way, uh, today. I will announce this right now. My good friends at Tito's Vodka, San Antonio, San Antonio, my good friends at Tito's Vodka are kind enough this week while I'm there, April 5th through 7th, every time a Tito's drink is ordered, they will donate $1 to the St. Jude's Foundation. My good friends at Tito's Vodka. Crap. Motherfucker. That's a horrible way to... I got it. I got it. Don't worry. That's a horrible way to do an announcement but yes the good the good people at tito's vodka are donating for all my shows thursday to friday to saturday anytime a tito's drink is sold they are going to donate one dollar to the saint jude's foundation i know i'm good over a weekend i'm good for probably 40 bucks i'll probably have 40 drinks throughout the weekend that's yeah and so let's make them regret this decision uh, let's really put a dent. If you're in San Antonio, do me a favor, share this with a friend. Just this section right here. Text a friend, tweet a friend. We are destroying Tito's Vodka in San Antonio at Laugh Out Loud Comedy Club all fucking weekend. Tito's Vodka. Thank you, the good peoples at Tito's. They've always been so good to me. I got to tell you, we're not going to talk about this much longer. This isn't an ad. This isn't a sponsor. But they always send me care packages like bottles of Tito, little baby bottles of Tito, cups, uh, uh, koozies. I want to. I, I saw this thing on uh, on Instagram. We're going to talk a little bit about Instagram today. I fell in love with this guy, Bob Menery. I showed it a little bit to Shane uh, Torres, but I'll show it to you. It is so fucking funny this guy he's on instagram i don't know how i found him but i was listening to him <gasps> fuck bob menery let's talk about the brilliance which is pat mcafee i think you can sense the the what we're getting into right now the menery mcafees bob mcafee by the notes are coming back that not a lot of people like halston have you read that no oh i'm getting a ton of them so <laughs> i'm kidding um pat mcafee has a show called uh, The Pat McAfee Show. It's on Barstool Sports. Uh, I don't know much about Barstool Sports other than they hate Michael Rappaport, who I love and will be on this podcast. I flew out to Indianapolis to do Pat McAfee's show. That's a lie. I flew out to Indianapolis to do shows. I drove in early to do Pat McAfee's show. I'm a fan of the guy. I didn't know he was 30. I thought he was like 43 because he's retired. He's a retired kicker from the Colts. He is... An interesting guy. He did stand-up one time, filmed it, and shot a special. The first time he ever did stand-up, he filmed it, shot a special, and sold it, and made a ton of money off of it. He is a really interesting guy, man. He can do a read better than anyone in the fucking business. And so I said to him the other day, we were talking on, he called me for his radio show, and we were bullshitting, and I told him, I love his Instagram. His Instagram is so freaking interesting. I love his Instagram. Not 24 hours later, Pat McAfee posts this. It's Easter afternoon. And Pat McAfee posts maybe the greatest video my family has ever watched together. What's going on, Dad? How's it going? <laughs> Dad, have you ever lost this game before? Uh, no. Okay. It's only the first time I ever played it. They're playing Jenga. In case you don't 
No, if you're not from this country. Bruce Lee up in the. This is insane. This is the greatest thing I've ever seen on the internet. Sally McAfee in the background talking shit. Unreal. Are you fucking kidding me? He has risen. Are you fucking kidding me? My family, I showed that to Isla. And the first thing she said is, I got to try it. I showed it to Georgia and Georgia was eating a sandwich and she was watching it. And she was like, and all of a sudden she goes, wait, which one's he going for? <laughs> oh my God. Everyone had an amazing reaction. And let me tell you something. That's called the Mickey Mantle gene. For those of you who don't know, that's called the Mickey Mantle gene. A man who can do that possesses the Mickey Mantle gene. He might not have utilized it the way I have, the way I've just kind of flexed it. I've almost like enhanced it. The same way that the genetic makeup of Spider-Man changed when the spider bit him, something must have happened to me. What if it was a strain of marijuana that went around in the early 90s, late 80s that I got a hold of, that we all got a hold of at the same time, and it changed our genetic makeup? I, I've never seen anything quite as amazing. So I watch this. <coughs> I lose my shit. We'll close this tab. And then I find, these are all gun control. We'll be talking about gun control pretty soon. We'll be talking about Dan Cummings. Again, two dope queens. Stomach sleeping. Uh, D Tom Segura and his uh, soft shoeing of his Peruvian side to Jesus and Miro. Have you seen this? Fucking Segura is such a sellout. Such a, never speak Spanish ever until he gets around fucking Kid Miro and he's fucking Boricua, and he's fucking talking Spanish left and right. He opens it up like, hey, me and your uh, hermano, si, si, claro. I, I speak Spanish too, Tom. I don't fucking pander to people so that they'll like me. Oh, como esta usted? Me, me amo Tom Segura. He never says that. My name's Tomé Segura. Tomás Segura. He never does that shit around us. He's married to the whitest woman in the world. His son's name is Adolf. They I, they changed it at the last minute. They were like, maybe that's too on the nose. I forget his son's name. I know his son's name. I'm not going to say it right now. But it, let's just say it's not. I'll tell you what. It's not Guillermo. It's not Guillermo Segura. But man, this fucking... We'll get to this. We'll get to Segura. Let's, let's build. San Antonio. I'm there all weekend. The Four Seasons. That's where I... Huh. That's where I stayed in Hawaii when I got back from Hawaii was the Four Seasons. But hold on. Let's get to Bob Mennery. Is it Bob Menery? Where's Bob Menery? Where did I have him up here? I had him up here somewhere. Two dope queens. Hold on. We got to get to him. Wife of the party? That's not... Hi, everybody. You get to get off that right now. How to adjust audio in iMovie? I know. Let's just pull up Bob Menery. This guy is... I found him at the Four Seasons. I was in bed with Leanne. If you've heard this already, I apologize. But this is for one of the, those of you who didn't spend four hours listening to my podcast. And you're like, listen, I need, I need the notes, Bert. Give me the cliff notes. Maybe that's what we'll call this. Cliff notes with Bert Kreischer. That's basically what I'm doing. <clears throat> Bob Menery. He is a... Uh, he's on Instagram. And he does... I guess he does... He, he's a comedian, but he talks like this, but he's got little catchphrases. He's really interesting. This is the one I'll play. I'll play you a different one. I'll play you a different one from uh, what he I played the other day. This is just what he does, okay? So now, by the way, I'm laying in bed with Leanne. We're at the Four Seasons. I say Four Seasons over and over again because you'll get to where, why I'm saying it over and over again. It's coming up. It's, it's important. Um, and, and Leanne doesn't know that he is not the sportscaster, that what he does is he takes sports clips and then he broadcasts over them. He cuts out the audio and delivers his own audio. And it, I don't know why he it doesn't have a show on SportsCenter After Hours commentating old games because it's fucking hilarious. Here he is. Well, Peter, we're going to keep our expectations to a minimum based on his skin color. Troy Apka on the 40. It begins right now. Oh! 
Holy fucking sugar titty motherfucking cunt bag. Unbelievable as Troy Apka runs a 4.35. Peter, who would have thunk it as the crowd is on their feet going wild for Troy Apka. I just saw a pair of fake titties right after he crossed the finish line. That's how excited this crowd is right now. I mean, oh my goodness. You know, I can understand the other three players in a 4.32. They were all black. And I'm just calling a spade a spade, okay? You know, I'm sick and tired of the world we live in as Dion goes, basically. <laughs> Buddy, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Let's take a look at the replay again. Like a fucking bolt of firecrackers went right up his asshole. And he finishes at a... Well, By the way, the reason that's that's really interesting... The really reason that's really interesting to me, that race... But Bob Menry's his name. He does... All these videos, he just challenged someone, I don't know who it was, to a golf tournament, and I thought it was going to blow up, and apparently he only has like 10,000 followers on his YouTube, so follow him on his YouTube page. I think he posts these videos on his YouTube page, but something like this, a guy like this, I could watch a best of. Ooh, I'm looking for a video. Let's see if it came to me. I'm looking for a video of Charles Barkley and Shaq that made me laugh hysterically. Cancel. Um, And I couldn't find it. Let's see if someone sent it to me. Um, I couldn't find this video. I also want to talk about the beef between Andrew Dice Clay and Sebastian Maniscalco. Do not let me forget about that. This just happened seven hours ago. Let's see if we got this. Um, Jesus Christ. Shane Torres talking about... Don't know. Someone just goes, all right, Bert, you can't deny this is hilarious. I want I, this. There was a clip of Charles Barkley and Shaq that was, no, that's not it. I, I, I'll find it for the next episode. It made me laugh so hard. But uh, but follow this guy, Bob Memory, on, um, on YouTube. He does long vines. Let's get to the, let's get to, these are me all just looking for Shaq and... Oh, here here's the beef between Sebastian and Dice, which to be known, Dice toured with Sebastian for a long time. Um, I think I'm not sure what the beef is, but Dice also toured with guys like Florentine and Norton, who've always paid Dice respect. I think Dice, in a weird way, is like not a weird way. I guess he deserves it. When you take someone out to tour with them, you introduce them to your fan base, and then. Maybe you disrespect them in some way. That is a real big slap in the face. That's like saying, I know, you know, thank you so much for the introduction, but I'm good from here. And I think that's what Dice was, I don't know, let's hit. Saying loud and clear how I changed his life. (laughs) Okay. By the way, I think this is Teeb doing an impression of Dice. They're reading his Instagram statement. I always get. Baffled by your Mark Marin podcast interview. The man tried to get you to tell stories of our time together, but you kept blowing it off. <laughs> of course it was a couple years ago, dummy. And nobody was paying attention. It was right at the beginning of you selling theaters, remember? There was a time when you went to the Venetian in Vegas and you were dressed in some kind of fucking cowboy shit. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is punch drunk with sam tripoli jason teeb and uh and ari the welch maybe people were upset about that dice image so you went cowboy <laughs> Jesus, I... and the picture is of him dressed exactly like andrew dice clay I... yeah yeah wow that is odd that they're wearing the exact same tebow does a pretty good uh dice i gotta say well wow, this is a long a post couple. it's a complete impersonation okay let me do that let me read this no, the volume doesn't go up any higher. Um, let's see if I can just read this and make this easier. Um, hang on. Let's fuck. Basically saying, I guess he texted Sebastian break a leg and Sebastian never wrote back. So anyway, happy Easter. This happened on Easter. You know what's funny? When you had the opportunity to open for me back then, I was going through the breakup with my son's mom, an excruciating time in my life. It knocked me down for some time, and that's when you really started doing the dice thing. Remember? Anyway, I know you never thought I would come all the way back. 
You never called once. You never called once, opportunist little dick. But guess what? I did, because I'm the real fucking deal, and you're and your worst nightmare. Happy Bunny Day, XO. Now, <clears throat> here's what I'll say. That was not a good dice impression. Tebow does a much better dice impression than I do. I, I told you it was going to happen. God damn it. If you get a chance, go to uh, this episode of Punch Drunk. It's called Ref Ratings with Punch Drunk Sports. Why would they number them? Yeah, they, you know, why would they number them to make it easy? Ref Ratings with Punch Drunk Sports. It starts at 18 minutes in, and I'm going to listen to it after this. I, I This just happened, so I'm fucking fascinated by this. Everyone loves a good beef. Um, you know... I think Segura and I have a always do a fake beef, but there are people who do not know that it's fake, and they will come at us hard as shit and literally shit all over us for talking about the other one, not knowing that we're friends. It's always fascinating. Like I said something about Joe not smoking weed, and this these people I had to block them, and I screen grabbed them and sent them to Ari and Tom, and I was like, "Yo, block these guys too. They're fucking idiots." And they were saying stuff like, you're a nobody. You're a nothing. No one listens to you. And I'm a, and they followed me. And I was like, because I said uh, something like, you know, pray for Joe. And they're like, you don't understand. This is our medicine. This is our medicine. Marijuana is me and Joe's medicine. I was like, oh, fuck, you're an idiot. Oh, God, I wish the government laced it with cyanide once in a while. So we drop off idiots like you. <clears throat> not really but but uh yeah check out that podcast i was obsessed with this oh here's bob mennery we're out of that funniest chucky shack moments can't find one i'm looking for get out of that all right i got my guns today i got my guns today so i want to talk about this for a second by the way this isn't my opinion this is my experience all right so don't think i'm giving you opinion on gun laws or an opinion on gun safety or an opinion on gun control or an opinion on guns this is my experience and i'm telling you about my experience okay i don't want to get this twisted into a gun control bait debate and you tell people what i think i'm not telling you what i think i'm telling you what happened to me i didn't know anything about guns i knew nothing about guns I knew so little about guns that I knew I knew nothing about guns. Yet I would hear people on both sides argue adamantly that also knew nothing about guns. And I felt to myself, I don't want to be an idiot. I don't mind knowing nothing about guns. But with where we are today in the gun control uh, debate, I didn't want to be one of the idiots that knew nothing of guns and had an opinion. Those are the worst people in the world. People who know nothing. I heard someone the other day say, uh, Dave Smith said, it's almost like, say you follow, this is Dave Smith from uh, Legion of Skanks. Say you're a, a, a big Hawks fan. And, and, and I don't know the Hawks at all. I don't even follow basketball. And I said, what do you think about the trade for dot, dot, dot? And I said, let me tell you what I think, but I've never watched the Hawks. That is what is happening in this country today. And I believe in that. I agree with that. Dave eloquently said it. I believed this a month ago when I started the process of buying a gun. The reason I wanted to buy a gun is I had heard people say how easy it is to get a gun in this country and we need to get stricter gun laws, stricter gun control laws. So <clears throat> on a lark, a little depressed, a little lost, having done the special, not knowing what I'm writing about in the future, not knowing, I feel like I've milked all the stuff about my family and my life experiences. I want to write from a new place. I get a little bored sometimes. I don't want to rewrite the same jokes I've done. And I really don't talk about politics, but I don't want to talk about politics. I want to talk about my experience in politics. I'm a storyteller. So I decide, and by the way, this isn't the bit. If it ever becomes a bit, this is not the bit. I decide on a lark, I wonder if I can buy a gun. I've got to go to All Things Comedy to do the Tinfoil Hat Podcast with Sam Tripoli. And I know there's a gun store on the way. So I yelp a guns. I yelp guns. By the way, this is this is the problem America, I think, is having with how easy it is. I yelp guns. I don't, I don't know an arms dealer. I don't know the, the Lord of War or the King of War. I just yelp guns. And it's like all over the place. There, 
There's one next door to you. <laughs> and then I'm like, well, where's one on my way to go to All Things Comedy? <clears throat> and they're like, the one. There's seven on their way to All Things Comedy. Many. There's a lot of gun stores. <laughs> By the way, we live in LA. I didn't think there would be, I honestly did not know there would be a gun store, let alone a plethora of gun stores. To, to What was the line from Wayne's World? I don't need, a, I don't have a gun, let alone a plethora of guns to necessitate a rack. Remember she bought him a gun rack? <laughs> uh, so I'm driving there and I go to the highest rated ones. Shout out to they're the, my guns dealer. <laughs> they're the guys that all the guys over there were very, 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 very kind to me. Um, <clears throat> I got 30 minutes before my meeting starts. And I figure from what I've heard in the, in the national dialogue, I can definitely pick up a gun in 30 minutes. That's what that, I mean, I'm just telling you, that's what I've heard. So I pull up, get out. Uh, hey, what's up? I like a gun. And they're like, uh, what do you need a gun for? And I was like, respect. And they laughed and then they recognized me. And then they're like, seriously, what do you need a gun for? And I was like, seriously, respect. I was like, no, I want it for uh, home, uh, self, home and home protection. Not, not self-defense. Because I'm not going to pull a gun on anybody. Hey, man, fuck you. I want it for uh, home safety. Uh, in case someone home invades me. And they're like, cool, what are you thinking about? I was like, well, I know I want a Mossberg. That's all I wanted when I went there was just, I wanted a Mossberg. I wanted a black Mossberg. I knew the gun I wanted. What kind of gun is a Mossberg? A Mossberg, by the way, I own one. I'm not entirely sure. It's a, it's a, it's a, you can put a lot of bullets in it. You can put six cartridges in it. Six plus one, because I think you can chamber one and then load up six. <clears throat> it's a 12 gauge. Okay. A little, little more gun than Leanne can control, I think, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I got two different types of ammo. I got more of like a, like a, a shooting clay ammo that goes a little wider, and I got, uh, hey, let's we have to redo the drywall ammo. So I go, I want a Mossberg, and he's like, cool. Uh, and he's like, you want anything else? I was like, I can get more than one. That's by the way, that is my type of shopping. And he was like, "Yeah, you can actually get a handgun too. You can get a, a long gun and a handgun." And I was like, "Dude, I want both." Gives me the test. You got to take a test. You got to fill out a form. So almost like filling out paperwork for a house. A lot of paperwork. It's a, it is a lot of paperwork. Fill it out. I'm such an idiot. I pay for them. I fill it out and I go. Listen, I got a meeting in uh, ten minutes. I'm just gonna come back on my way here. And they they were like, "Great." So I go to my meeting, I come back, and I'm like, I'm ready for my guns. And he's like, oh, there's a 10-day waiting period. And I was like, what? I was like, no, I don't even want them. Who the fuck? I want a gun now. Like, I don't, who wants to, how, who has ever bought something that was like, I can't wait till it comes in 10 days. Amazon gets shit here quicker than 10 days. I, I'm so immediate that if I want a camera, I can get it here today. And by the way, that is a long wait for me because sometimes I just go, fuck it, I'll go to the store. I want it immediately. I want my purchases immediately. And when he said 10 days, I literally was so deflated. I was like, so I can't even buy ammo? Like, I can't buy anything? And he was like, and they were like, very cool. No, that's the law. I was like, all right. So I pay for him. I go home. And then quite honestly, I just don't remember I bought guns. I don't care about it. I'm like, whatever. I have guns waiting for me. They're there. I go to Hawaii. I go on tour. I go to Hawaii. I, a month goes by and that starts to creep up on when your guns get given back because they're, you never came back to God and get them. So they call and they say today, right now <clears throat> is the very last day you can get them. So yesterday I go, I was like, I'll go a day early. You got to bring a DWP bill with your name on it to prove that you live at the house. I go in DWP bill, uh, car registration. He, he, I, I email him to him. He pulls him up and he's like, I can't give you your guns. I was like, what? He's like the name of your, your shit's not registered in your name. I was like, are you fucking kidding? He's like, no, nah, man, the shit's not registered in your name. Uh, you gotta, oh, Leanne just went in the garage. Uh, your car's not registered in your name. It's You're, under Leanne's name. It's under all under Leanne's name. And I'm like, are you shitting me? He was like, I hate to say this, but what you're gonna have to do is you're gonna have to draw up a lease and lease your house from your wife. I'm like, are you fu the fucking red tape? I like, agree. You serious? And at this point, you're lying. 
uh, I mean, technically, technically now I'm, I'm, that's how hard it is to get a gun. So I have to, so I can't get my guns yesterday. I go home. I, 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 uh, do me a favor, bleep out the two guys' names just in case what we're doing is illegal and bleep out the name of my gun dealer. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And bleep out all the guns. What two guys' names? I said their name. Shout out to Dot and Dot. You'll hear it. Oh, okay. Okay. It's got to be like five minutes behind here. So I, we get a lease. Leanne officially draws up a lease, uh, says I've been a renter from her since 2011, since we bought the house or for, I don't know why she said 2011. I guess we bought in 2009. And then I leased the house from Leanne. I pay her a stipend. And now I lease, I'm a leasee in my own house that I fucking own so I can buy a gun. I am so exhausted by the gun process that I can't believe anyone can go through this and get a gun in LA. It's just too much. First of all, you, you, you have to own a house. Second of all, the house, everything has to be in your name if you want the gun, which is, does happen with a lot of men that aren't cucks. <clears throat> and then I start going, I say to my guys, I go, how hard is it to get a gun in LA? And they're like, dude, California is the strictest gun laws in the country. I was like, really? Now, I will say this. This is an opinion. I am cool with everything I had to go through. I'm not angry at the state of California. I'm not angry at the gun control laws. I just noticed that we've also had shootings as well. We had a big shooting at YouTube the other day, which is in California, correct? Mm-hmm. So it's that's we have all the loopholes. They're not loopholes. We have all the pitfalls so you the can't get a gun. Through, yeah. We have all the hoops to jump through. And... It's still happening in our state. It's still happening. And then I just was like, just out of curiosity, I was like, what are the hardest states to buy guns in? And what are the easiest states to buy guns in? So I thought we just share this as is information. The 10 states with the stick, strictest, strictest gun laws. Number 10 surprised the living shit out of me. Pennsylvania. Oh, interesting. Right? I tell you why it's got to be Pennsylvania. Because the Northeast has, I think, the strictest gun laws, mostly because of the most metropolis. So states like Philadelphia, um, Delaware, uh, uh, Maryland, D.C., uh, New Jersey, New York, I think Boston, I wouldn't be shocked if Boston, Massachusetts, states like that are the strictest gun laws, I th- I'm pretty sure. Mostly because there's so many people living in such a small, confined area in so many different places that if you did shoot a gun, if, if gun shots, I, I'm start, my theory is that gun laws are based on distance of people. The further away you, what you are from people, the, the further away you live from people, the looser guns, gun laws are. The closer the people live together, the stricter the gun laws are because it, you can't just sell someone a shotgun in New York City because if they have a shotgun in New York City and they decide to use it, they are definitely killing their neighbor. Like their neighbor is going to feel the repercussions of that. Pennsylvania. I'm reading it. I should read it out loud, but I'm bad at that. Illinois, right? That's Chicago. Rhode Island, I think that's just because it's a small place and like no one is really tiny to be in Rhode Island, correct? Maryland, Maryland's got uh, District of Columbia in it, right? Or is that Washington? Maryland's like, but Maryland's Maryland. Hawaii surprised me. In Hawaii, no person shall acquire the ownership of a firearm, one, either by purchase, gift, inheritance, bequest, or or any other manner, whether procured in Hawaii or imported, until he is procured from the chief of police of the county of his place of business, residence, or sojourned a permit to acquire. Whoa. Dude. No one's getting guns there. Fucking, and Hawaii was the most recently taken over. Like, you know, what? our whole right to bear arms for fear that the state will come in and, and, and take over our, the, the government will come in and take, Hawaii, that, that just happened in like 1950 or something, right? That's, the That's state, Alaska. Right? That's Alaska. Alaska's the last state, isn't it? I thought Hawaii is. When was Hawaii? Will you Google when Hawaii was? Yeah. 
a well-regulated militia being necessary to secure the freedom, freedom of state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It's a state provision, but man, it is hard as fuck to get a gun in Hawaii. 1959. 1959. I mean, I guess we didn't come in then. And I mean, we, we, and why I mean, we, I mean, white people and by white people, I mean, Dole, uh, came in and fucking took, took over their monarchy in probably like the thirties or forties or tens or twelves or anyway, Connecticut makes sense. Everyone's crammed in. These are all Northeast states, except for Hawaii, New York, Massachusetts, Jersey, and California. So the three toughest ones are California. Let's see what California says. California is a state known for the strictest gun laws in California. The state known for the strictest gun laws in California. The state known for the strictest gun laws in California. The state known for the strictest gun laws is California. In California, all firearm sales, transfers, including private transactions and sales at gun shows, must go through a California licensed firearm dealer. California also has no provision in its state constitution that explicitly guarantees an individual the right to keep or bear arms. Keep and bear arms. So then I was like, okay, interesting. Now, in my deduction, I was like, all small places, all Northeast. Now, what's the places with the easiest gun laws? I'm going to let you guess. If you can guess five, you, I'm going to let you guess. If you can get, you got to guess seven out of the 10. Okay? Super fucking easy. Texas? No. No? No. Florida? You nailed it. Washington? No. Oregon? No. Nevada? No. But Nevada's close, but no. Idaho? Idaho. Wyoming? No. Alabama? Hmm. Alaska? Oh, Alaska. Well, for protection against the animals. Yeah. Alaska's got to be very easy. Like... Hey, do you have a gun? They're like, don't even, you don't have to pay for yeah, it. Here, here, here. Out there. There's danger probably around the corner. Arkansas, Colorado, Delaware, Florida, Georgia, and Idaho. The easiest states to buy a gun, according to the USA Today, which is a little bit of a rag. I'm kind of surprised Texas isn't there. I feel like they have a lot of uh, pride with their, their guns and they all wear their holsters. And I've never been to Texas, by the way. No, I, I, by the way, I didn't see Texas on the list. Texas might not count because it's, uh, it's, I don't think it's part of the country. It's right. its own st- country. Mm-hmm. It's not its own state. Some province or something. I don't know. I just made that up. I've heard something like that as well. In Alabama, license, registration, or permit tr- required to buy a gun? No. Permit needed to carry a handgun? Yes. Registered gun per 1,000 adults? 30. 30 registered guns per 1,000 adults. So that means... That can't mean that like one guy's got 30 guns and 999 don't have any, right? No. Anyway, that was my, that was my, that was my, I'm done with gun control. I don't really give a fuck about it. I have two guns now. Um, both are for home protection. Both are wired and hooked up for home protection. Meaning like I went in and paid the extra money to get it all taken care of. Like I got my, my shotgun set up for self-defense, then killing. If, if you know what I mean. And then, uh, and then my, my fucking Glock is badass. It looks badass. Changed out the scope, doing a light, whatever, little fucking sleep action. I don't know. I just made that up. Um, all right. Let's talk about podcast. So we'll go back to podcast names. Time Suck with Damn Cummings is one of my favorite podcasts right now. I'm addicted to it. If you're not listening to it, I suggest you listen to it. It is much better than the solo podcast you're listening to right now. It is well-researched and he takes subjects in his podcast, these are the su- such subjects. I'll just share them with you real quick. Um, sign in. Okay, his website's not the best. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, there we go. Uh, the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, is episode bonus episode number 19. America's Gun Control is a fascinating one. And by the way, does such a better 
uh, coverage than what I just did. That's number 80. That's recently. The Chernobyl disaster, number 79. Defiance, the Nazi killing Belinsky brothers. The Nazi killing Belinsky brothers. You don't think I'm going to listen out on a fucking plane? And he does a comprehensive review. He does all the research. I think he's got a team of researchers and he puts it all together. He also edits it all together. It's not just one take, so it sounds seamless. It is such a great fucking podcast. Alistair Crawley, the wickedest man in the world. I know that name, Alistair Crawley. I don't know how I know it. And so that's going to be one I listen to. Norris Gods. Oh, you know that's right up my alley. Tupac and Biggie, fame, money, and murder. Guns and Gods, the David Koechner story. The David Koresh Waco story. That's one I'll listen to. I got really obsessed with. Um, Let's get out of this. But Time Suck with Dan Cummins is something I was obsessed with. And that led me to Two Dope Queens. Two Dope Queens is on, uh, on HBO. They uh, have a, sh- a show on HBO. It's actually really, really good. I say that actually really, really good only because it's a live podcast. It's not technically a stand-up show. It's a live podcast, and it's an hour long, and it's really entertaining. And I know they came from the podcasting place, and I've seen so many live podcasts that I was immediately like, this is going to suck shit. But man, they come out there. They look beautiful. They, I mean, I say that. I know that I shouldn't say that about a comic. I should just go, they're funny. But they do look beautiful. Their stage is gorgeous. I love, and it's a sold out, huge fucking theater in Brooklyn. And they go in, they pack the place out, and they destroy. They cover uh, They cover topics. They. It's just cool. Check it out. It's on HBO Go, Two Dope Queens. I watched that because I watched the Gary Shandling documentary. That was fucking awesome, dude. The Gary Shandling documentary, if you're a fan of Gary Shandling, and I'm more of a fan of Andre the Giant, that comes out in like a month. That one's going to be fucking great, bro. Andre the Giant lived life i would love to be that big i know it would suck like taking shits and stuff you know sitting on a toilet and having the toilet go up your asshole what are you looking at alistair crawley a little bit what is he it just says uh, alistair crawley was an english occultist ceremonial ceremonial magician poet painter novelist and mountaineer i wonder if that's the mr crowley from ozzy osbourne's song i'm almost certain it is (laughs) it's gotta be um and uh, I was going to look up Andre the Giant. There's some like drinking legends of his. That oh, that he would drink 24 beers yeah. on a flight. Yeah, but the beers look like like thimbles in his hand. Yeah. Viceland. Uh, oh, this is let's get to the fucking the soft shoeing of Tom Segura. Let's see. Where is he? Is this it? Just I want you to hear how he starts his interview with Jesus and Miro. I don't know how I fucking... I get kicked offline. Here we go. Tom Segura, extended cut. Now, listen, you know this guy, right? You're a fan of this guy, right? You ever heard him talk Spanish? I know him very well. I know him very well. I do know that he can understand Spanish. <laughs> you ever heard him talk Spanish? No more show at late night. You know what it is? Nothing but illustrious guests. That's right, you pieces of trash. Today we got stand-up comedian and fucking superstar Tom Segura, who's Netflix. Did you ju- hold on? Did you just hear that? Did you hear? Segura. Did you hear the way he said it? Mm-hmm. Tom Segura. Tom Segura from Tampa Highlight. Tom Segura. Fucking, you know why that is? You think he said that? No, 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 no. Tom introduced himself that way. Hola, como estas usted? Me amo Tom Segura. Yo, yo, chiste. I tell chistes. That's a joke in Spanish. Look at this fat fache. Right now, on the podcast, is your mom's house. Yep. That sounds like... Not tu mama's casita. (laughs) (laughs) I was podcast for your mom's house. Tu mama's casita. (laughs) Tom, come to the table. Ven acá, por favor, Tommy. My guy, welcome. My guy. Also, shout out to Miro pronouncing your name correctly. Yeah, well, my man's Dominican. Yes, with yeah. inflection. Yeah. You speak fluent Spanish. I do, I do, I do. Por supuesto, los castellanos. Oh, fucking shut up! How many people call you? Con la raza. Oh, shut up, Tom! Yeah. How many people are like, that hey, 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 h
thing. So he's like, it's Segura. And I'm like, dude, it's not That's up definitely to you. how I would yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. It's, not, it's not up to you. It's a fucking Spanish word. Yeah. Stop right there. How many of you ever heard Tom introduce himself to someone as, I'm Tom Segura? <laughs> I never. Fucking never. Fucking never. <laughs> fucking nunca. Nunca. Never. You don't get to go say it the way I feel like saying it. It's, it's like in L.A., the neighborhood of like, uh, they call it, all the fucking people, white people call it Los Filas. It's like, it's Los Feliz. It's Los Feliz? Is it Los Feliz? Are you serious? Los Feliz. Los Feliz. Shut up, Siri. Mine went off too. <laughs> it's, is that really how you say Los Feliz? I don't know. My last name isn't Segura. That's so interesting. I usually drive up there using La Cienega. I don't go La Cienega. Salpovada. Salpovada. You kind of know a decent amount of Spanish. I, I am fucking fluent in Spanish. As fluent as Tom Segura, but I don't use it to make friends. Are you really? Yes. Claro. See, what they what they did for white guys like me and Tom is they taught us Spanish in high school. And then you went to college and you were like, shit, I can learn a new language or I can just get an A in Spanish. And you took Spanish again in college. So you took eight years of Spanish one through four. And so you can just basically say, hey, can I borrow your pencil? Where's what's the capital of Peru? And uh, excuse me. Uh. I only have a pen. Boulevard or whatever? Yeah. That's a scissor in Spanish for the uninitiated. And everybody's like, hey, I'm going over to Tajera? Yeah. Bullshit. I got a real fucking problem. Speak to the camera. Let it know. Let it be known. I got a problem. Come on, Cesar Chavez. Water. Okay? Like that. Wow. LaCroix? That's just not LaCroix. It's LaCroix. That's LaCroix. LaCroix. Maybe people think like, yo, let me get all the LaCroix in here. So your problems with the pronunciation. Can I tell you what my real problem is? Is they like him more than they liked me. <laughs> a little jealous. A little jealous. Fucking, I'm the one that's been a fan of theirs for fucking, fucking years. I call Tom after doing their show and I go, you have to do this show, Jesus and Miro. It's so much fun. I text Miro Tom's number. I text Miro Tom's number. Miro, this is Tom. Tom, this is Miro. You guys have to do a show together. You guys would be you guys would be awesome. By the way, I was right. I was totally right. They are fucking awesome. This is a great interview. Once they get past this, but uh, it's a great interview. He's it, they but they love him. They fucking love him. I've texted Miro like five times since. Never fucking replied once. Never replied once. I guarantee you. He Sebastianed you. He's he Sebastian Maniscalco'd me. Oh God damn it. He used you to get to the Tom Segura. Tom Segura. And all along, you knew Spanish too. Dude. <laughs> it's such a great interview, and it did it did really well online. I'm going to get out of this interview because I can't. It just fucking kills me. Stomach sleeping is something I was looking into. The Four Seasons. Let's just run quick real through, through what we got here. Um, this was a Joe Rogan episode. I don't know what this was. Vegas magician. He's a wizard, dude. Legion of Skanks with Joe Rogan is such a great fucking episode. It's one of the best. It's one of the best JREs I've seen in a really long time. The three of them: Luis J. Gomez, Big J, and uh, and Dave Smith literally are on their p's and q's no one's talking over each other they're being funny as shit they talk it was such a great interview that halfway through i wanted to say like i would use any of these topics you're talking about and making me die laughing in the car i'd use them as a bit they it was such a good interview they talk about robot people and would you fuck one if you could buy one and then at one point rogan's like no but i was thinking about getting one to wrestle with and all of them are like sure <laughs> and joe's like no they sealed up the asshole in the mouth Sealed it dude, it was so it was such a funny fucking interview that the whole time i'm dying laughing and it was all i could think of is when when i first heard about uh, robot people i was with my buddy obi and I was like, whoa. We were watching it on like on Real Sex. They used to have a show called Real Sex or something. I think it was called Real Sex. On HBO. On HBO. And they showed one and me and Obi were watching it. And I was like, that's fucking insane. And he was looking at it, but looking past it. And he just very quietly, as if he was saying it to himself, said, do you realize how weird you get with one of those? 
And I laughed so fucking hard. I was like, yeah, I have an idea. Here's another clip at Segura. Uh, Savannah Guthrie cursed live on TV. I think you should be able to curse on TV. I think that's fucking horseshit. Um, Roseanne Barr had 18.6 million viewers. That's a game changer. Shout out to Tony Hernandez or Antonio Hernandez from Tampa Highlight and Whitney Cummings. Oh, Whitney Cummings. What is... What about episode two of Roseanne? How did that one? <coughs> I'm not, not must not be huge because no one reported on it. Yeah, but, I haven't heard anything about it. But it's probably still bigger than any show on television. And uh, judge is sending DMX to prison. Fuck, that sucks. At this point, DMX is like, I think that might be good for him. He doesn't look healthy. I got to change my lifestyle before. Ooh, Lena Dunham bit Beyonce in the face, allegedly. That's what they say. <laughs> Lena Dunham bit Alonso, Beyonce, Beyonce in the face. Yeah, Tiffany know. Haddish said someone bit Beyonce in the face. And everyone thinks it's Lena Dunham. And Lena Dunham came out and was like, I did not bite her in the face. But what are you going to say? What are you going to say? Yeah, I bit her. I fucking bit her. And by the way, I would bite people like not. She didn't attack her and bite her. She just went, "Oh, I love you," like that, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't like a. I'm so fucked up. You know, but like I, they think it's Lena Dunham. Might have been Amy Schumer. Think about that. Amy would bite someone in the face. All right, uh, she bites someone in the face if like someone another comic did it before her. She's not like a baby though. Like, why would you do that? Uh, I don't know. I bite Leanne on the face all the time. Um, I bite. I bite a lot of people. I bite. I'm a biter. I'm a biter, actually. I bite a fair amount of people. Uh, shout out to Lena Dunham. She gets too much shit. Lena, I'm on your page. If you did bite Beyonce, dude, come on my podcast and talk about it. I bite people. If I ever see Lena Dunham, I'll bite her on the face. I just go give her a hug and go, I love you. I just bite her on the face. I bit, I bit a lot of people. Now that I think about it, I bite the fuck out of people. I sometimes, I will grab Isla and I'll give her a bear hug and I'll just bite onto her shoulder. I love biting people. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Chrissy Teigen explains that Snapchat's dead. Snapchat's apparently dead. So if you're still using it, get off that train and get on to Instagram. Snapchat has died. Ladies and gentlemen... Let's take a moment of silence for Snapchat. We should actually do like 30 seconds of silence for Snapchat. Uh, Snapchat, make it, take a moment of silence for Handsome Man Boy. He was a big Snapchat star. Did you ever follow that guy Mm-mm. on Snapchat? Handsome Man Boy? Let's see if I can pull him up real quick. Um, handsome Man is what comes up. Boy. Handsome Man Boy. He was best Snapchat in the world. Handsome man, boy. Let's pull it up. You ready? By the way, the reason I followed him. Oh, this is on his Facebook. Look, he's already off Snapchat. He's on Facebook. Handsome man, boy, build. So handsome man boy, uh, not a lot of not a lot of uh, material inside the content. It's a lot of selfies. He's a DJ, and uh, I think he's I don't even think he's a DJ. He's a promoter, and he just is uh, pretty confident. And he's got like rainbow colored hair. And uh, he gets girls naked a lot on his show, and he smokes blunts. That's him with Riff Raff. And uh, he had a beef with Mike Busey. I know that. Apparently, he boxes now, which just seems to be everyone fucking boxes. That Everyone's getting into fighting. Fucking follow your passion, assholes. Uh, this is all handsome man boy I, I really could care less I stopped following I stopped using Snapchat when he got big so I was like I kind of didn't get it entirely and so I was like hmm. you do way better on Instagram well I just didn't enjoy Snapchat I didn't like the people I was following and no one grown up was using it and now I'm on Instagram I really like Instagram like I, I have fun in Instagram 
R. Kelly tr- claims he trained teen girls in alleged sex dungeon. Oh, I heard about that. Well, yeah, but you got to train them. Like, you can't just send them in untrained. Just kidding. So, <laughs> uh, untitled, I wonder what this YouTube page was. I wonder what this YouTube page was. I wonder what this YouTube page was. European road trips. I don't know why I would have Googled that. I, I must have been drunk Googling that. We're wrapping it up, everyone. Charlemagne versus Monique. Of course. Of course, it's just hip-hop pages. Jesus and Miro, I fucking watch them daily. Shout out to Jesus and Miro. Just all I'm asking is that you say you like me better than you like Tom. Um, it's not a competition, Bert. Oh, shut the fuck up. I'm joking, everybody. Jesus Christ. I don't really... I hope... I... I mm. I've had some of my friends actually text me and ask me like, "What's what's going on between Bird and Tom? Like, are they okay?" And I'm like, "Oh Jesus, Christ. come on!" <laughs> like, I talk to him every other day on the phone <laughs> for like an hour, and we fight. We fight nonstop for an hour. We fight about whose big dick is bigger. Mm-hmm. I'm drinking Kool Aid. How much time have we done? Fifty minutes. All right, let's wrap this bitch up. Uh, I watch this uh, Charlemagne versus Monique on Joe Budden's podcast. <clears throat> shout out to the white guy on Joe Budden's podcast. Shout out to Jesus and Miro for me saying shout out. I never used that before I met them. Any the weird f- porn this week? Uh, no. Yeah, I've been watching this. Uh, I don't know why this turns me on, but it, it, it's porn where the uh, the title is um, guy blows blows a load in girl and she's not on the pill but there's no way to really prove that but it still turns me on <laughs> like there's no way to be like verify like she doesn't go are you fucking kidding me i'm not on the pill she just goes oh yeah daddy or whatever the fuck i don't <clears throat> i can't i can't say, hear that word daddy after uh after uh the pup diddy blowing out the candles uh, fucking thing. Yeah. uh four seasons here was the, the four seasons this is why. Let's see if I can find the video. So we stayed at the four seat here. Let's bring you with closure, people. You want closure? I got closure for you. The Four Seasons, the movie. God damn it! Leanne and I were staying at the Four Seasons. We typed in the Four Seasons, and the movie came up. It's a movie we haven't seen in forever, okay? Um, it was in, from 1981, and it was Alan Alda, uh, Carol Burnett, and a bunch of other people. I can't remember everybody, but here's a trailer to it, just so you can enjoy a trailer to it, okay? Is this the fun part? Are we having fun yet? Through winter and spring. Summer. Oh my God, the boat's moving. You go ahead, folks. I'll catch up. And fall. I wonder what other people do on their vacations. Somehow, they survive it all. Alan Alda, Carol Burnett, Len Cario, Sandy Dennis, Rita Moreno, Bess Armstrong, and Jack Weston. Friendship is like the seasons. The Four Seasons, written and directed by Alan Alda. That's when trailers didn't matter. Because you only they only put out a hundred movies a year, and you had to see every movie that came out. Yeah, <clears throat> the Four Seasons is such a great fucking movie. So here, it's also human to be the world's foremost authority on everything from who. These are four friends who spend do a trip every season. Okay, this is ni- 1981. All right. Uh, Alan Alda is the more of the analytical friend. He's a lawyer and he's talking to his friend, I think Jack, who's a dentist and he's a little, he's a little, uh, neurotic. And the thing is they all kind of lose their shit, but they all break balls. And this is one of the better scenes that had Elian and I howling. You're not going to laugh. Okay. You have to be 45 to find this funny. <laughs> roast beef at lunch to the nervous system of the newt. To be so completely obsessed with your own body. That you take your temperature at the dinner table. Hey, look, I think maybe you better just cool no, those no, cards. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm fine. Bass Armstrong. Let me tell you something, Jack. I'm 10 years older than you, right? Yeah. Right, I just hope that when you get to be my age, you don't smell the foul breath of death and disintegration hanging over your shoulder the way I find it hanging over mine. 
I mean, I go to sleep at night on an ache so bad that it simply will not go away. I wake up in the middle of the night sweating, hearing my own bones decay. I have shifted into a state of entropy that's progressing geometrically. You see? Entropy. Progressing geometrically. You, you talk like a bad textbook. Why don't you just speak English? God damn it! I just told you my deepest fear! Why can't you listen to what I'm saying instead of how I'm saying it? I mean, do you have any idea, any idea, what it is to be afraid of death? This is where acting was great and writing was great. Okay, so now watch. This. These are all stage actors, most of them. So watch, and I, I'm not an acting guy, but watch when the waitress comes by and he slows down his talking so that she can't hear him. That's a natural thing that no one would do in a sitcom ever, ever. Now you see in a sitcom, the waitress comes up and they're like, <clears throat> they just carry on. Oh, hey, Bess, watch this. This is great acting. I can't eat my bowl of cereal anymore because I have an irrational fear of milk. I stand there in hallways where I, I stand there in hallways afraid to press strange elevator buttons. Watch Carol Burnett. Watch Carol Burnett. I almost threw away my jockey shorts because I have this fear of elastic. <laughs> laugh at him. No, uh, come on, come on, laugh. Good, good. I'm a fool, huh? Right? I'm a collection of eccentricity. You think because I'm quirky, I don't hurt? No. You have it wrong. I'm quirky because I hurt. Oh, Danny, I'm sorry. Come on. Are you really afraid of your underwear? <laughs> I'm dying, she's laughing. We're not laughing, Danny. Look honest. We're honest. Forget it, forget it. Let's listen to the music. No, it's all by the way what's beautiful about that what's beautiful about this movie and you got to get it on dvd you can't get it anywhere else leanne and i what leanne and i should do is we should rent our copy of the four seasons for you and your wife to watch where we send it to you with a bottle of wine you got to watch it with a bottle of wine we watched it with a watch it with two bottles of wine and uh and it's if you're older meaning like leanne leanne's much older than me she's like 57 how old is leanne you're like 62 or something? 62? Yeah, 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 yeah. 103. Leanne's older than me, and I, but I'm 45. And so many of the themes in this are so relevant. They don't make movies like this anymore. They make movies, which is really cool. They make movies like, um, like, uh, like Pitch Perfect, where my daughters watch it and they hope for life. They go... Oh, I can't wait to go to college. Maybe I'll join an acapella band. Maybe I'll have a group of friends and we'll all live in the same house and we'll be this tight and we'll have a fat girl that we call Fat Amy. Maybe maybe I'll fall in love. Maybe my boyfriend will paddle out in a boat and serenade me from a boat. That's the beauty of a movie is it, it allows you to dream about a life you don't have but you might be able to have. Even Star Wars. I remember watching Star Wars and go, going, I wonder if one day I'll find out that I got superpowers and then I'm like Luke Skywalker. I'm a Jedi. Like I, it allows you to dream, but they don't make movies for 40 year old couples anymore because it just doesn't sell. But back when Hollywood was Hollywood, when it was Hollywood, you could be Alan Alda, write a script, and go, "I'd like to make this," and someone will give you probably what the but. See if you can find out the budget for the four seasons. Um, but I can tell you what it is in a hotel room. It's pretty fucking expensive. But they they give you the budget to make a movie like this, and you'd make what would be a shoestring budget movie and you'd release it out and people would find it. And this movie came out in 1981. Just to be fair, 1981 is right around when DVRs, VCRs came out. 6.5 million it was made for. Good God. <laughs> it made uh, 50.4 in the box office. Really? Yeah. How much did it make all together though? It's got to be a lot. Because this, this came out when VCRs came out. VHS. So we saw this on VHS. My, I remember my parents watching it with their friends in the living room. And I must have seen this movie. I must have seen this movie 30 times. That's how often my parents watched it. 
30 times. They don't make movies like that. So that's what Leanne and I are going to try to do. We're going to try to write a movie for 40 year old people who want to live life. I mean, all I'm doing right now is fucking fantasy fulfillment. Just all the shit that's cool when you're your, our age to do. That's what I'm focusing on. That's what I'm fucking doing. I fucking love this movie. It's such a good movie. The characters are so strong and the writing's so fucking strong. Shout out to Jesus Amiro first for telling me how to do shout outs. Shout out to fucking Alan Alden and Carol Burnett who are both still alive and in their 80s, I think. Uh, the guy that was given the speech about Afraid of Underwear, he has passed. Uh, the f- original wife, she has passed. But Rita Moreno's still alive. If any of you guys want to do my podcast, any of the cast of the Four Seasons, open invite. What a great fucking movie. Um, here's Danny Paranoid. Danny's the character that I love the most. Everybody's just so beautiful, but for me, it's just, just meant a time of death. I always get psoriasis in the world. Danny, believe me, you're not going to die from psoriasis. Watch this. Right, what's that supposed to mean? I'm just trying to comfort you. Don't get paranoid. How come everyone thinks I'm paranoid? He is very paranoid. You discuss this behind my back, don't you? <laughs> Danny, relax. <laughs> come on, come on. I'm sorry. You know, if you could just realize what a terrific person you are, you wouldn't think everybody was out to get Look, you. don't try to analyze me, okay? First of all, I'm not your patient. Second of all, you're not a doctor. I'm just trying to help. Well, you're not helping. You're patronizing me, so cut it out, okay? Okay, okay, okay. Don't, don't, don't get so overrun. What can I do for you? Well, first of all, you can take your arm off my shoulder and stick it up your ass. I love this movie. I love that he goes... Why does everyone think I'm paranoid? Are people talking behind my back? This It's the subtlety of a movie. Listen, that's all we got for you this week. I hope you had a great week. I wish I had a great song for you to play for you, but I can't think of, oh, what's this Four Seasons? Oh, let me just real quick. Hold on, hold on. I know you're like, Bert, are you really playing the movie The Four Seasons for me? Oh, shit, that's just, you can't really find any of it online. Um, I wonder if, oh, you know what? You know what song I want to play for you guys? I don't think we'll get pulled off for this. It doesn't matter. This is how we end out. I've listened to this song so much, so much. And I'll tell you why I listen to this song, okay? It's Kelly Clarkson. Kelly Clarkson makes this song fucking brilliant. She makes me love her so much in this song. I love this. You ready? This is how we send you out this week. Have you heard this? Did DJs and Yervy call it the train? This reminds me of college right here. Your sister and her friends have got that Dude, this reminds me of Chai Santini's house with the Tamayo twins right now in college. Come on, ride that train and ride it. This is Miami music right here. Here's where it gets good. Are you ready to be on a treadmill? Hear this? Kick it up to an eight. Kick it up to an eight. This is where you start feeling good on a treadmill. And you're like, all right. And then here you go. Tell me right now you don't you couldn't run this entire section on a treadmill. Go listen. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. Here we go. 
Uh oh, shit. Faster? By the way, you're still donating on a treadmill right now. I've gotten so many songs from Girl Talk. That's good once again, you ready? Oh shit. So the other one is you, we so hot. This great. This next part right here reminds me of being on a jet flying out of San Francisco, private jet from San Francisco to San Diego with a strong cocktail. Right here, this line right here. seconds i hope you guys have a fantastic week a great weekend i'll see you in san antonio uh tito's every every drink we have one dollar goes to st jude's uh don't drink and drive be safe i love you with all my heart anything else drinking for charity baby drinking for charity you're the mashup king by the way what you're the mashup king with these songs i know right i'm a good mashup guy have a great weekend i love you guys with all my heart This episode was brought to you by The Machine.